Kent, we are in the middle of a deluge, a much needed deluge. It's, it's actually quite a beautiful day. It's raining pretty hard. And we are here in Huntington, Vermont with a man named Mark Labar, biologist extraordinaire. And can you tell us a little bit more about where we are? We're at the Green Mountain Audubon Center, which is a 255 acre center in Huntington, Vermont. We do a lot of research and habitat management here at the site, primarily for birds, but of course, Everything that we do for birds also impacts the things that wiggle, the things that run, all of those different things. Well, and the crazy thing is we're here to find an invasive worm or invasive worms, which I didn't even know worms were invasive until a few years ago. I think a lot of people don't. And Mark, this is kind of a typical hardwood forest and everything, but it turns out there are some worms here that don't belong here. It's a mixed hardwood forest, and I guess in some sections there are these worms that, you know, we're a little bit concerned about because they don't really do nice things to the forest. Well, lucky for us, we've got Dr. Joseph Gores from the Plant and Soil Science Department at UVM. And Joseph, you've studied these things for all oh, more than a decade. And you brought along one of your graduate students who's uh, been working on these, these snake worms for a while, uh, Miriam Nudaim. Thanks for coming, you two. This is gonna be great. I've never seen this snake worm before, and I'm hoping maybe between you two and Mark, we could actually find one. We'll give it a go. But what I really wanna do is get out there and, and look at what they do to the soil and see if we can find some, and then ask you more questions about how they got here and what they're doing to our environment. Sounds great, let's get out in the rain. Let's go find I'll some find worms. So Joseph, there's like 19 or 20 species of worms found in Vermont, something yep. like that? Yes, there's 19 species that we know about. Of course, there's always a chance that we discover more. And I, I'm really just interested in three species at this point. So yeah. we're looking at just three species of snake worms or jumping worms. Are all three of these species invasive? Yes, they are. And uh, the funny thing about them is that they uh, invade together. So they, they always seem to be in the same place together. You know, the, all three species seem to get along, you know, which is kind of funny because they do exactly the same thing. So in terms of an ecological niche, in terms of competition, they don't seem to be out-competing each other. And they're very rare. It's difficult to find them. So we're going go to go over the edge of this embankment down into the leaf litter down there, Joseph, I take it. Yeah, it's a pretty steep hillside here. A lot of these uh, snake worms like to move downhill, they want to be gravity assisted, huh. they, want to do, they want to go with, with the flow of water. So today we, we have probably generating some overland flow that will go down the hill. And so if there were some worms up there, uh, they probably would end up here. All right, Sarah, catch me. No, not a chance. Miriam, you're like pulling the leaves back and it just looks to me like beautiful black soil. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're finding? They look like coffee grind. So it's literally like worm poop? Yeah, exactly. So we're digging in worm poop right now. Yes, we are. <laughs> you got one. Oh, you got one. Whoa. I did. You got one? I got one right here. I put so my did you have that in your pocket? I, no, did you cheat? I always carry some worms around here. <laughs> no, I just started pushing away the leaf litter and this guy was sitting on top and you can see he's squirming away. He's Whoa. really squirming. Yeah, this guy's only about, what, three inches long, but he, they get their name, Joseph, because of their wiggle, right? When you see the, the larger ones move, they move like snakes. They look, move like sidewinders. They have another name, which is jumping worms, because you put them into your hand. Sometimes they get so aggravated and agitated that they, they wiggle so Whoa, fast that they jump out. Right out Whoa, they, there it went. Yeah, he jumped right um, out. How do I know that this is this, you know, snake worm? One way of telling them is 
by their movement, their wiggle in your hand. And then the other way to tell them as well is they have this ring around the collar. And in snake worms, that ring goes all the way around the body. The European earthworms usually have a similar structure, but it's not something that goes all the way around. It's more like a saddle. It sits oh, on top okay. and yeah. maybe wraps around up to three quarters of the way around. And then underneath that, uh, in the, with the European earthworms, you, you, you see markings that, uh, that will allow you to tell them apart from from each other in terms of species. So this one is about what, Mark, as long as your index finger? Yeah, or you know, three, well, as it kind of crawls across my finger, it gets a little bit bigger, but yeah, not very big. So I'm standing here looking at the forest around us, and it's, I mean, it looks like a beautiful forest here. There's a big, robust leaf litter layer here. And I'm just wondering, like, how did these guys get in here? I think we can trace them back to some old plantings around your buildings. So horticulture, the compost trade, or you might buy a bag of compost that has not been properly uh, heated. And so the way it works is a self-respecting homeowner will say, I'm going to rake, rake my leaf litter up because I don't like that on to be, be on my lawn. And then somebody says, hey, that's a great resource, leaf litter. You know, that's, that's, that's leaf mulch. I can use that in my garden. So suddenly there's these earthworms that contaminate a really important waste stream. Uh, so that's how they kind of move around. There's not a lot in the forest understory here. I see a lot of ferns. I don't see hobble bush. I don't see a lot of seedlings and stuff. So is that indicative of these worms, Joseph? That's usually the way I find the worms. I look, look for the bare understory that, that shouldn't be there. Uh, the reason why that happens with these worms is that the worms change the forest floor structure, so the, the structure of the soil here. So they make these coffee grounds out of, out of this layer that's usually spongy. And because that layer is really super important as a seed bank and as a germination medium for some of the understory plants. Uh, what will happen is that there's fewer understory plants and what is left is then uh, subject to more browsing by deer. Uh, and think about it that the, most of the browse is gone and now whatever is left is, is usually some ferns that the deer might not eat, uh, but also saplings uh, of trees like uh, sugar maple and so they start browsing on that reducing the regeneration of the the canopy species you know in, in this case our sugar maple which is really important species economically as well as as because it's beautiful and so all that over browsing by the deer is going to have a cascade effect and it's going to impact ground nesting birds and salamanders and all of the other creatures that use that understory in order to reproduce and protect their young. Absolutely. I think that's what happens. Well, thanks a lot, Joseph, for bringing us out here and showing us all this. And Miriam and Mark, thanks a lot for showing us these worms and they live up to their name. They jump a lot. So appreciate it. And this has been fascinating because I, for one, did not know about all of these impacts the invasive has. So thank you guys so much for bringing us out here. I'm going to go look for some more jumping worms. All right. And the next thing we can go is look for all the European worms that are probably deeper down. So I'm Ken McFarland. And I'm Sarah Zahendra. Thanks for listening to Outdoor Radio.